This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This week, Bloomberg reported that NVIDIA is preparing to walk away from its $40 billion purchase of ARM due to the FTC's intent to stop the merger. The merger would have created a semiconductor powerhouse to compete with the likes of Intel, Qualcomm, Samsung, and yes, Apple. I'm Jason Cipriani with my co-host Jason Perlow, and on this episode of Jason Squared, we're going to discuss the future of ARM and desktop computing, or is this simply an Apple-only world? All right, Perlow, let me just state this right off the bat. Semiconductors, I understand it, but the fine, finer process and the landscape or whatever uh, is not my forte. I am not a semiconductor guru, so to speak, uh, but... This doesn't look good for ARM and the future of its place in the desktop, or what do you think? Well, you know, Jason, look, 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 let's get, you know, reality orientation here, right? You know, Apple is so far ahead of the other companies when it comes to putting a desktop platform on ARM that it's, it's like not even funny anymore. Look, look, the, the, the M1, right, has now been effectively deployed across the entire Mac product line with the exception of you know, a few models like Mac Pro. Um, and we know that's coming very shortly, you know, including the major, the first major chip revision in the form of M2, right? So now right. we've gone well over a year plus. We've, I think we've gone close to two years with M1 now, right? So the M1 Pro and the M1 Max, which recently were revised for the new MacBooks, right? Uh, they're no slouches, right? You know, no. I've been I have been using one on a MacBook Pro for, I'm going to say about a week and a half now. Let, let me tell you, there's no way in hell I am going back to an Intel machine no. after experiencing performance like this. There's, there's just no way. Yeah, I mean, you're going you're, you're, you're to need to rip it out of my hands. Right. Period. You know. Yeah. I feel the same way about my M1 uh, MacBook Pro. And I did review the M1 Pro MacBook Pro, which is the most confusing thing to say and write multiple times in a review. Um, and that thing is speedy and just utterly impressive for it's this insane. early on um, in Apple's life cycle of desktop processors. But now let's let's back up here a minute. Apple's not the only one that has an operating system that runs on ARM, um, at least when it comes to, to computing. Mm -hmm. You know, Windows runs on ARM, Windows 11, Windows 10. Yeah. I, there's a Surface Pro X. There's, you know, been a few generations of although there's only been two generations of the ARM processor, and it's gotten a lot better. They still don't have full 64-bit emulation, uh, but it's it's gotten a lot closer to working across the board. Yeah, I mean, you know, admittedly, Qualcomm, you know, is making progress with, with Microsoft uh, with the SQ series chips, right? And, and Microsoft has made Windows 11 run better on the Surface Pro uh, X, is it 10 or Surface Pro X? I don't know what they call it. It's, it's X. The X. But, you know, we can't compare at all what those two are getting are done, or have done, getting Windows working acceptably on a single product, you know, versus what, you know, Apple's done 
to make Apple Silicon work across its entire product line, never mind also the iPad, the iPhone, the watch and TV, all of it. And who knows what the hell else they're working on, right? So, I mean, Surface Pro X is a single right. device. But what about the entire PC industry, right? So we have HP, Dell, Lenovo, Asus, Acer, and Samsung. The, the first three companies on that list alone occupy a 64% share of the personal computer market, whereas Apple's is a whole 7.6%. I mean, yeah, so... So are we looking at this wrong with Apple's success and going to ARM because they are such a small share of the Windows market? I mean, those are huge numbers to compare Apple to. So, yeah, the numbers are small, right? Uh, if you compare it to the PC market overall, right? It's only slightly larger than Acer's, which is 7.2%, right? So, so here's the thing, and here's the difference what I think is important. A few years ago, if we were to make this observation, the numbers would look fairly similar in terms of max market share, right? But there's a difference today, right? All of us are now saying, oh my God, look what they pulled off. Yeah. ARM is real. ARM is powerful. The XED6 cannot top this thing on performance and power consumption, right? You know, a, a few years ago, we had a completely different narrative, Right. Um, yeah. You know, so you know, Macs are overpriced. Macs aren't as, uh, are just are are not as fast as PCs. Blah 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 blah. So the Mac share is still relatively small, yeah. But now we see it has enormous potential in terms of of this this ARM thing. The power of the product is unassailable. It's right in front of us. We're using it right now to do this podcast, right? So so back then, before Apple announced Apple Silicon as their future platform, the the very idea of using ARM chips. Is, as PCs was considered this theoretical borderline science fiction thing, right? I mean, we're only talking three or four years ago tops. It was certainly rumored that Apple was working on it. It, it, it hadn't really been put into practice um, unless you were like an engineer at a, a company like Microsoft or Qualcomm, right? When I was at Microsoft, I knew they were working on this stuff. I saw demos, right? Yeah. And, you know, I knew that in a lab, Windows desktops ran... Eh, okay, the OS had been ported, it, the performance wasn't great. And within a few years of work and a couple of billion dollars of development, we might be able to replace the x86 down the road with a different chip, right? Um, you know, we knew Windows ran okay headless as a server operating system on top of, you know, uh, on a chip in the data center with special Azure workloads were on them, right? That the customers didn't know about. They just, you know, they went to Azure, they hit a button, they had an app or a workload, and maybe it, it might have ran on an ARM because, you know, whether it's a database or something, you know, or a service layer, you know, Microsoft put something on it and, and it just ran. Nobody knew about it, right? Yeah. Um, but, as, but as a typical business PC user was concerned, it was years from being real. Yeah, and what, what makes this such a big deal just for listeners who aren't aware, ARM processors have, as Apple has proven, are better performing, have better battery life, more power yeah. efficient. But in order to switch from Intel to ARM, the entire architecture of apps, just speaking about apps, there's a lot more to this than that, has to be redone. Apps aren't yeah. wrote with the underlying frameworks to run on ARM 
processors because Intel has controlled everything over the years. And for that matter, AMD as well. So it's, it's a huge switch and it's a huge undertaking in order to transition to the new framework that ARM relies on. But Apple's silicon chip is the real deal. We know this because like we've already said, you and I have been using them for over a year now. Yep. Uh, and they're close. They said Apple, when they announced Apple Silicon, they would transition their entire lineup over two years. That two-year mark is near the end of this year. So we have a little bit of time left. But according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, who has solid resources and solid or solid sources within Apple or somewhere, uh, says that the Transition will be done by the end of the year, and there's even rumors that we'll see a new Mac Pro, the M2 chip like you were just talking yep. about by um, by the end of the year. So like I was saying, it's not like Windows 11 doesn't work on ARM. It, you know, yeah. it runs pretty decently on the Surface Pro X, but you're telling me that if you run Windows 11 in parallels on a Mac, it flies like that? It does fly. I know you didn't say this. This is... This is in our notes, by the it's, way. It's, I said you're telling me. It is very fast. It's extremely fast. I mean, because because the chip is that much faster than than, than what the, what Microsoft is using on their own hardware. It's it's so like, it, you know, the, the situation is weird. It's almost exactly like the Tesla versus everyone else making EV cars and and trying to put out right. EV charger situation, right? So like maybe Tesla is a small percentage of the entire automotive market as a whole, right? And the rest of the world is using combustion engines, right? And yeah. so for like, you know, the, the, we know Tesla has proven the technology that EV is awesome. But it's much more difficult for the rest of the industry to retool it and make EVs and chargers because of the, the, the massive size of the rest of the industry. So Apple is, is exactly the same way. They have a relatively small share of the marketplace, but they have made it work for their ecosystem. So, you know, as you said, the developers on Windows would have to, you know, they'd, they'd have to recompile yeah. all those apps. And that's something we, they have the tool sets, they exist. It can be done. Um, it's, and, you know, Windows, but it's a lot of resources and a lot of time. Yeah, it's a lot of, resources and a lot of time. Um, so the emulation software would have to work well. Now, we've proven that the emulation works fine on a Mac. Rosetta is an is a, is a x86 emulation platform for 64 bit on the Mac. And, you know, there's several applications I'm running on my desktop right now. That I mean, Audacity, the damn thing that I'm using to record this podcast, is a thirty. Is I think it's a sixty-four bit uh, x86 application, and uh, I don't know if, even if Audacity has any plans to make a native version of Audacity. You know that the, the, they plan to put in the app store. They might not. Yeah, Drop it. Dropbox still hasn't. I mean, we're over a year into this, and they still haven't. They just released their beta version of a native Apple Silicon version of their app, and yeah. uh, you know I don't know how many. I don't use Dropbox anymore. I, I quit using them a long time ago. But uh, you know, OneDrive apps like that, I don't believe are converted as well. And I'm I'm using them. They they work just fine. Facebook uh, Messenger, I think, is 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 still Intel. I still think Signal is still Intel. There's a bunch of things I'm using. I'm pretty sure. I can't really tell the difference. For once it's running, it doesn't. It's fine. It just you yeah. Just, that very first launch of a program. Yeah, it tells is a you. little slow. Because yeah. it has to recompile it, right? The yeah. Rosetta 2 has to recompile the app and convert it over so it can emulate it. But after that initial launch, there's zero difference. Yeah, and, act, and actually, you know, the Mac doesn't ship with Rosetta on 
in the OS by default. Like literally the first time you try Which is weird because it requires it. it, 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 Right? Like almost everything that you want to use requires it. And then it asks you, do you want us to download this from the App Store? And it does download. And then you can start downloading the apps that that are dependent on it, which I thought was weird, but whatever. So I think as far as Microsoft is concerned here, the biggest competition chip that they have to Apple's M1 lineup is the SQ2, which is currently in the Microsoft Pro X. So it's considered their fastest ARM-based processor for Windows desktop. But it's nowhere close to being fast or as uh, performance-driven as the M1, even just the basic M1. Forget the Pro or the Max. It's just just the basic M1. Um, my Surface Pro X, depending on what I'm doing, is very sluggish at times. Um, what do you know about the SQ series? Well, we, not a ton, uh, other than like you know, on paper than what Microsoft had says in terms of it, it has in terms of cores and, and equivalent processing power. Um, they have, Microsoft has an exclusive on SQ. Um, yeah, they're working on they're they're yeah. developing it with Qualcomm. It's a partnership between the two of them. Yeah, it it is it is, uh, and there is no indication as to whether or not this will ever be licensed out to other PC manufacturers, right? You know, they, who knows? Microsoft may decide to keep this as their own, just like you know, Apple has Apple Silicon as, as a competitive advantage, right? Um, the, but the other the other PC players are playing with ARM, but they're nowhere near as serious about it as Microsoft is. And I and I would say that you know I mean in terms of seriousness, Microsoft is not anywhere close to serious as Apple, right? But so HP is is sort of testing the waters with um, their Spectre Ultrabook that complete that competes with the Surface Pro X uh, that uses a, a Qualcomm Snapdragon Seven C Generation Two, which is I don't know, really know how that compares with the with the SQ2, but that thing is no match for the M1 in performance either. It's designed to compete with Pentium Silver, right? Which is, you know, yeah. really, which is like Celeron level, what we used to call Celeron level. Very low power, you know, low wattage type of draw uh, chip. Um, Lenovo uh, has the Yoga that uses the Qualcomm 8CX, which was originally launched in 2020, and it was refreshed last year in February 2021. Uh, now, I, I thought that maybe they might come out with one in February of this year, but if you look at Lenovo's CES announcements, which was just a couple of weeks ago, there's no ARM version of the Yoga announced for 2022. Um, it's an Intel Evo chip and AMD, and AMD uh, Ryzen, right? So, yeah. uh, so I, I'm thinking sales were lousy on the Arm Yoga, and they're just gonna go with Intel's low power, energy efficient Evo chip uh, because the x86 is a proven architecture and performance and, perfor- and, perfor- and proven sales history. So Dell is also going with Evo, and HP's mainstream low power notebooks are, are 11 and 12th generation Evo. So it's not looking good. In terms of near history, near near future with for ARM on on PCs, yeah, there has to be a reason for that, right? Yeah, and the bottom line is the the twelfth gen Evo, which was just announced a couple of weeks ago at CES, is is good enough. Yeah, right. It's not the powerhouse uh, that M one is, not even close. Um, it's probably not even the powerhouse that are, that are, that are, that's in your iPhone. <laughs> it's probably not even as powerful as an A14, but it, it delivers good enough performance in terms of CPU and energy consumption with its advertised nine hours 
a real world battery life with a full HD display that most mainstream business users that are gonna want a laptop or a mobile solution is gonna be happy with that in theory, right? So, so, so like Apple Silicon, um, Evo is a system on a chip, an SOC platform that's got it's got Wi-Fi six built into it, a GPU with between between a thirty five and forty five watt total system footprint, right? So everything in, in the box in your laptop, 30, up to forty five watt system draw as a maximum. So so be, to be kind of to level set, this is a laptop roughly comparable to a very low end M1 MacBook Air, like the 2021, not even the not even the current generation one, right? In yeah. terms of, of functionality, um, it, it, but the chips are nowhere near as powerful as even that chip, right? So, so the MacBook Air M1 has about a 15 hour battery life, right? Um, yeah. and, and its wattage draw will scale between 18 watts at the lower end and 110 watts at the high end. Which is crazy, that's right? a crazy the, range. The, depending on the load. Right, so like if you're really crunching video and Final Cut or something, and or playing a, a, a 3D game that has a million different resources and assets in it, right? We, we maybe you're gonna crunch, you know, 100, 110 watts, right? Yeah. But that's not normal operation. Your your normal yeah. operation is probably gonna be between 30 and 40 or something like that. Um, you know, we should probably also mention that the new AMD Ryzen 6000 platform for laptops is also a, a system on a chip platform that's getting a lot of attention from PC manufacturers now. So so it doesn't look like the x86 is going anywhere on the PC for a while, really. Yeah, no, it, it can't. And those AMD Ryzen 6000 chips, I, I had a briefing with AMD after CES, and man, they are very, they're, yeah. they're talking those chips up quite a bit. They're very if excited I, to if see I was, what those If do. I had to buy a Windows box, I would get a, I would get a Ryzen. For sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one thing that, um, you know, th this whole conversation is started based on NVIDIA walking away yeah. from purchasing ARM, which, by the way, walking away from the the, uh, the sale is going to cost NVIDIA $2 billion. They, yeah. they had already paid this to ARM. This was their breakup fee slash whatever, um, according to the Bloomberg report that came out this week. Now, to be clear, NVIDIA hasn't announced it's walking away. These are rumors. Bloomberg says it has sources within the company that this is they're preparing everything they can to walk away from this purchase. So I guess what does it mean going forward, Perlo, for yeah. NVIDIA and ARM? So, so NVIDIA, you know, is a, a chip maker, right? So they make e GPUs. They also make CPU, you know, SOCs. They make ARM SOCs, but they are a licensor. Yeah. Of their architectural licensor of the technology, just as Qualcomm and Samsung and Apple is, and Microsoft is, right? I mean, ARM has a long list of, of architectural licensees. Right, that are allowed to produce systems using their chip uh, architecture designs. What they call, I guess they call them chip primitives, is what they call them. I mean, the ba the basic the basic blueprints for how to make a core, uh, you know, a licensed core design like A15 yeah. core, or something like that. So, had Nvidia, Nvidia, you say you, I say Nvidia, you say say uh, Nvidia. What do we? What do we, we all we all pronounce it slightly differently. Um, had Nvidia had been able to complete this purchase. Right, and they would have been valued at this point probably closer to seventy-five billion rather than forty billion, um, based on the stock value. I mean, at this point, what we're hearing is rumors from Bloomberg 
as a report, but very clear signals being sent by the FTC that this should not be allowed to go through. So I, th I think it's safe to say it's dead, right? Yeah. Um, they would have been able to drive the future of the ARM architecture, including the core designs, and all their negotiate all the the licensing with the with the Apples, the Qualcomms, the Samsungs, you know that those companies would have licensed. It would have given them an edge in their own chip designs to be able to create chips that eventually would have caught up to Apple Silicon. No question, they would have caught up, you know, within a few years. So Apple, so Nvidia now has to go do this without these benefits, right? Um, yeah. So in lieu of this acquisition. Um, it looks like SoftBank, who owns ARM, uh, wants to make it a public company with an IPO. But again, ARM is without a large silicon manufacturer behind it. It's just still a company that licenses technology, right? So, so again, from a practical perspective, the only game in town right now is Apple. Um, is is Qualcomm going to make progress? Sure, but the Qualcomm is a company that has its hands in a lot of different vertical industries and businesses. It's not, I mean, your average person probably sees it as the chip inside their Android, but it is a hugely profitable company in the embedded and wireless space in terms of the number of products and industries and things that, that they like, that they make stuff for, right? It doesn't actually need to make desktop chips to be a hugely profitable company. No. And, and you could say the same thing about Samsung Semiconductor, right? Which is a $50 billion a year business plus on its own, separate from Samsung as, a, as, a, as, a, as, its, as its parent company. That company makes a massive amount of money minting chips for other companies. And although right. it has its own designs for smartphones and whatever, it's doing business with companies like Google and making the smartphone chips also for Qualcomm and yes, also Apple as well. So it, you know that that home ARM ecosystem does not need to make desktop systems to you know. Uh, right. I mean, my and I and and yeah, Microsoft wants this. They want it badly. They want they want the energy. The whole point is not so much that X eighty six isn't powerful enough, but it's power per watt. Right. That's the yeah. name of the game. Yeah. We've seen with the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air, I mean, you, yeah. you said 15, 15 hours of battery life for the MacBook Air M1, yeah. and yeah. the MacBook Pros are closer to 20 hours Probably. of battery yeah. life. And that's not just enough. So like you you can give numbers all day long, and laptop manufacturers do this. I review gaming laptops for IGN, and I have yet to see a battery estimate for a Windows laptop be anywhere close to accurate, right? Because they're under very specific, very ideal conditions that they get that number. And so most of the time, if it's a nine hour quoted battery life, you're lucky if you get four and a half hours, you're probably closer to two to three hours. Apple came out and said, all right, the new MacBooks that run Apple Silicon, here's the battery life. And then you test them and they really have that battery life, if not go past the quote. And it's just, so, ARM is incredibly efficient at, uh, you know, it's processing per watt power. And it just, that's a huge benefit for anyone who is using a laptop. And we didn't even touch on the fact that this also allows for direct modem integrations for 4G and 5G. Yeah. The Surface Pro X I have has LTE built right into it. If I put a SIM card in it, it works. You know, I would love a MacBook 
Pro that has 5G in it. We've yet yeah. to see one of those. We have iPads and other stuff. There, there's nothing stopping Apple from adding a, a modem now other than finding the space inside the housing in order to fit it. Yeah, and Apple clearly has been posting jobs about for, for modem design and things like that. In, in, oh, it's uh, coming, 100%. Uh, no, no, they, they, right now, they license it from Qualcomm, their modems, um, but uh, in, in the iPhone and such. But they are for sure, they are for sure designing their own modem. No question. Yeah, so, and if they absolutely. can design their own, if they can design their own modem, then they can put it in their own, inside their own chip. That this is the next logical thing for them to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. All right, Perlo. Any closing thoughts about Nvidia walking away from ARM? I, I think it's a shame. I mean, I mean, it, this is I, honestly, I'm not surprised that this happened. Right? I was kind of, you know when when they announced it a good year. It, I think it's in 2020 they announced their their, their intent to purchase to end of 2020. Um, I was like, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna fly with with regulators in in all these countries, you know, and I'm sure um, Intel is as has breathing a slight sigh of relief that they don't have this other company to to compete with. Apple, I'm sure, is has a, is even slighter than that because they kind of don't care. They live in, in their own universe and they're incredibly and they're incredibly successful. Um, they're not, um, but uh, look, I do think ARM is the future. Non x86 is the future. There are other chips out there that um, designs that are out there that have tremendous potential going forward. Um, yeah. Just just a disclosure: I work for the organization that you know uh, that holds the um, the open source intellectual property for RISC RISC Five, uh, which is a which is an open which is an open source chip platform that a lot of companies like Western Digital are using, for example, to make you know microcontroller chips for like hard drives and stuff. You know, it's not at the point really yet where you can, I mean, we've, there've been demonstrations, smartphones, platforms made to show that, yeah, you can run Android on it. Um, but it's nowhere near desktop speed capability yet. Uh, but I think, you know, with five, six, seven, eight years of development, it could get, it very well is going to get there. And, you know, the future is an open source hardware. Um, so I think, you know, uh, for now, Apple's got the lead. Um, you know, Microsoft is going to continue to invest money in um, ARM and, and Surface Pro X. They're going to continue to iterate it. Is it going to take two years? Is it going to take five years? Is it going to take seven years for Microsoft to get there? I don't know. But it's very clear that they are interested in the virtual desktop game on Azure, in which case you don't need a very powerful system on the other end of the line to run the desktop, right? I mean, you and I, right. you could go make something that runs on an arm on a on a smartphone, you know, Raspberry Pi type of a box that connects to your monitor with a keyboard and mouse. And if you have the right bandwidth, you can run all your whole entire desktop in the cloud. And and it's clear they're spending a lot of money on that. So that may be the path forward for business, not necessarily mobile, but that may be the path forward for desktop business is virtual. You know, just like 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 we, we have a subscription to to off to Microsoft three sixty five for the Office Suite today. There may be a subscription to Microsoft, you know, cloud Microsoft everything, including yeah. your desktop, um, in the future. That I mean, as long as and once 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 they they populate those data centers, you know, uh, ultra dense server hardware, uh, and they can get the cost per year down to less than or less than what it costs for a business to buy a PC and support it remotely with, with, with remote IT support, which is an issue now that we're all sitting at home, right? If you don't have, if you can't, if, you're, if, you're, if your PC support guy cannot visit the remote location 
to fix something, what do you do? You got to send your laptop back. It's got to get re-imaged by somebody and then fixed. Um, yep. It's much much easier to send out something like a like a like a like a little thing that plugs into a monitor, and you turn it on, and it and everything is provisioned remotely at the data center, right? I mean, I, I mean, so that so that if that is that's assuming we're all going to stay, we'll still stay at home as home office workers and not going back right. to the office, right? Um, but even so, even at an office, that that it would make sense because you don't just you just don't need as many IT support staff to go running out to desks, you know, which is an expensive uh, activity. So yeah. I think there are changes in the desktop going forward. Absolutely, for the PC, it just may not be the way that we think it, that it's going to go forward. That we thought it was going to go forward with ARM necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think this the deal falling apart uh, is going to impact the overall transition. At least from the Windows side, it was always yeah. going to be a slow rollout, slow play there. Um, and regardless of whether ARM is an IPO public company or owned by a larger company, that transition was always going to take time. And I really liked your comparison to uh, Tesla and the EV it's, market. It's exactly right? like it, Matt. I, I Everyone sat around saying when Tesla would announce something, and it's been slower than they often announce it. Um, but everyone, as in car manufacturers, competitors have said, that's not possible. You can't do that. It doesn't work like that. You don't know what you're doing. And that same kind of conversation surrounded Apple before the announcement of Apple yeah. Silicon and actually during the announcement of Apple Silicon and before anyone actually had their hands on devices in order to test it and make sure apps worked and all of that stuff. And so there's a lot of parallels there. Apple's way ahead of the rest of the PC industry when it comes to the transition to ARM. And it was because everyone sat around saying that can't be done. And so now everyone has to catch up. Microsoft has to catch up, Qualcomm, you know, all of them. So uh, I think it's going to be a slow process. To me, there's no doubt in my mind it is the future, just like EVs are the future in my mind. Uh, but it's going to be a while before we see Microsoft, who has to, at the end of the day, forget yeah. HP, Qualcomm, Samsung. This is all in Microsoft's hands because it comes down to the operating system that runs on these chips and they control that and they control the emulation and they control transitioning the apps over to be able right. to work on these, these processors. So this is a Microsoft problem, not an ARM problem. And uh, once they, which they're very slow at it, as we've seen, I've had the Surface Pro X for almost two years, I bet. Uh, and you know, it's basically, it's a little better, but it's not perfect. And Apple came out on day one with a nearly perfect transition, which is just insane. So yeah, I, I, it's going to be a very slow. I, 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 I'm still blown away by it because because I didn't think it was going to be possible for them to do. What no one did. So fast. No one. I, me and you. I think we recorded a show saying, you know, there's going to be issues. There's going to be hiccups. Apps aren't going to work. Don't upgrade. I even wrote an article saying that much. Wait because you need to wait for apps to right. You know, transition day one. I mean, I had it early. I, I reviewed it under embargo. I had it two weeks early, and day one, Jason, everything worked. What, so, so I have this 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 M1 uh, Max uh, MacBook Pro 14 sitting on my desk, and yeah. the way that I transitioned over, I literally took my Time Machine backup hard drive. I plugged it in. It said, "Do you want me to store restore all this junk?" Yeah. I said, "Yes." Rebooted the machine. There was one or two apps I had to swap out and reinstall them because of a Rosetta issue or whatever. But once I did that, my desktop looks exactly as it did with my Intel machine. Exactly. Everything runs exactly. 
Yeah. All my all my data moved over. No 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 pain with any of that. Crazy. Huh? It was. It, I've had Windows transition upgrades much more painful than this. Yeah, and, and your issue with having to replace a couple apps, I think any time machine yeah, yeah. Restore, restoration, I've had it. I've had one or two apps that just their licenses don't provision right or whatever it is, and so yeah. you have to reinstall them. But uh, yeah, that's that's a normal thing when you restore from a time machine backup. In my experience, M1, Apple Silicon or not. Yeah, yeah. All right, All right Perlo, it was fun talking with you today about semiconductors which you would think was a very boring topic but actually this was this was quite a bit of fun yeah and good conversation um if you guys have any thoughts make sure to reach out to us you can find our work on zdnet.com or both of us on twitter um any anything else you want to say perlo no i mean it is kind of a bummer i was kind of looking forward to some fast arm windows machines in the next few years coming from 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 nvidia um but you never know um i mean qualcomm could pull a rabbit out of a hat um, yeah. it's, it's certainly possible. I know they're spending a lot of money on this stuff. So, sure. So, I mean, w w you never know. We, 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 we could see a breakthrough maybe, but all right. I'm Jason Cipriani and I'm Jason Perlo. And this is Jason squared. Make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com. And thanks for listening.